pray that you'd help us to love each other and to hug each other because we are all your children. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for times when we have treated those that don't look at us, don't, those that don't look like us, as the other. O oh Lord, help us to hug each other, the whole world, whether it be coronavirus or whatever it may be. Help us, Lord, to love each other because you love us. Oh, Father, help us to love each other and to hug each other. In the name of our hugger, Savior, our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful presentation to, to our fathers, to the fathers of our church. What amazing people. What amazing fathers we have. And I'm so thankful for your witness. Each of those children spoke so beautifully and so preciously for all their fathers. And I'm so thankful. So thankful for this church family. And even though we're not able to be as a family together face to face, we can come together like this and to, uh, to worship together. We had a, an amazing time of prayer this morning. We had a great time of prayer. It was uh, it was kind of a hard time of prayer, really, because we were lamenting. We were lamenting all the harm that has been done to God's great family by people who don't recognize that we are a family. And so we lamented. We lamented for all the bad things that have happened to our African-American sisters and brothers who were forcibly taken away from their families, put into those horrible ships and brought here to the Americas, to South America, to Central America, to North America, and were treated like less than people, as chattel, as equal to animals. We lamented that before our father because he is our father. We lamented that, uh, that people have done so much harm to the original dwellers of Americas all over South America, Central America, North America, Australia, Africa, where people were treated awfully because there were some people in God's big family who thought that they were better than others and they can treat others awfully. We lamented that. We lamented today that there are people who come to us who are called brown people who come here from uh, El Salvador and from Mexico and from, from other parts of the world who fleeing so much danger and so much hardship. We, we lamented and we, we asked for our Father's forgiveness uh, because we as brothers and sisters have done bad things 
to each other. We lamented that in the history of the United States, there have been people who mistreated and awfully abused uh, our Chinese sisters and brothers, our Japanese sisters and brothers. So in history, there's been a lot of bad things happen in God's big family. And we lamented that, we lamented that. And, and we need to continue to lament that because when we go back into history, then we come to realize that we are who we are today because of history. And we need to write the good things when we see each other as brothers and sisters, as a part of God's big family, as seeing him as father. And, and we need to uh, do away with the wrong things, write the wrong things that have been done in history. Part of what we have done also is uh, we want to come alongside our sister church, Lyglesia. And so many of you have given so generously to our sisters and brothers in Lyglesia who've lost their jobs, who've lost their livelihood, who've suffered so much harm as a result of, of coronavirus crises. But our church came, came together as a family and we gave close to around $5,000. This is so amazing. You know, we need to thank God for this familyhood that we have um, in which we are giving to our sister church because we are brothers and sisters of the big father, our God. So I want to thank, I want to thank our time of prayer and praise that was also led today by David Kim with the realization that God is the one who owns this huge universe. And, and that's one of the reasons why the, the people of God went into Canaan. How? Not as a result of war, not as a result of doing bad things, but because God gave. God gave, and he is our father. That is also our, our uh, uh, theme of meditation today. I want, to, I want to reflect on three texts today, and, and let's see how much we are able to expand on these three texts. I, I want to look at, right in the midst of, remember last, last time I talked about how uh, pandemic is not a word, is not a bad word. That's how we use it now, and that's okay, because the word pan means every one, endemic means all the people. So obviously, bad things have happened throughout the world. We need to pray for our world, because this coronavirus pandemic is going on all over the world. Our African sisters and brothers are suffering now. Our South Asian brothers and sisters are suffering now, evermore ever more increasingly, we need to pray that this evil virus would go away. There's also a pandemic of racial hatred and injustice that we talked about in the morning time of prayer and prayed about. Uh, and we prayed that this racial hatred and injustice virus pandemic would go away. But instead of that, Last time we talked about the pandemic of the 
Parakletos Hagios Nematos, which is the pandemic of the Comforter and the Reconciler, the Holy Spirit. That is the pandemic that we need to spread throughout Vernon Hills, throughout Libertyville, throughout Chicagoland area from Redeemer Life. Today, I want to focus on, on, on another a very, very crucial theme, and that's the pandemic of Holy Spirit-led fathers. The pandemic of Holy Spirit-led fathers. And I want to specifically um, uh, focus on three models, three models. One is from the book of Luke. The book of Luke talks about a father there, and his name is Zechariah. And at the end of, of the book of, uh, of Luke chapter 1, it says the father, whose name is Zechariah. Zechariah means remember that God is Yahweh. He is father. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. It's a father who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who first of all remembered that God is Lord, he's the Father, and he is reigning. We need to always remember that. And then he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he prophesied, says Luke chapter 1 and verse 67. So that's the first model that we're going to look at, Zechariah's prophetic model of Holy Spirit-led fatherhood. Zechariah's prophetic model of Holy Spirit-led fatherhood. The second model that we're going to look at, and, I, and we're not going to go into a huge amount of details in all of these because we, we just cannot do that. Um, but in Luke chapter 15, there are these people, uh, they are called the Pharisees, and they're the religious leaders and the political leaders, and they come to Jesus, and then they are grumbling, and they're muttering in Luke chapter 15. And they come to Jesus and say, what, you're going to sit with those ugly people, those other people? I mean, they are sinners. They have a different say, race. They look awful. You sit with them? How can you sit and dine with those awful people? And then Jesus told them, tells them three parables. I'm not going to focus on the two other parables that are here, but I want to focus on the parable of, it's usually called the prodigal son. Well, the word prodigal means uh, someone who just spends and spends and spends and spends and spends. You know people like that, right? I would much rather say that this is the, the parable of the prodigal father because he's generous. And he recklessly spends on his son. That is who God is. That is who God is. He's so generous. And that's the what Jesus wants to refer to here. That is the primary theme of Jesus' parable. Parable. It's a parable of the prodigal father model who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I want to return back to Luke chapter 11 which is right in the middle. This is a, a, a very important model because this is the model that Jesus gives to his disciples. It is called the Our Father model of fatherhood. The Our Father model of fatherhood. So three models, 
The first model is Zachariah's prophetic model. The second model is the, the prodigal father model. And the third model is the our father prayer model. So let's look at this very, very quickly, very quickly, okay? I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter one. So children, you've got your adventure, study Bible, the new international reader's version, or if you have another Bible with you, sit down with your parents and open up to Luke chapter one. And then someone else get another Bible and open it up to Luke chapter 15. And then someone else, uh, again, uh, if you have another third Bible, I'm sure you have millions of Bibles in your houses, uh, open up to Luke chapter 11. So let's dive into Luke chapter one. It, it talks about this, this king, this king who, who is Herod the Great, and he's doing awful things to everyone. He is, he is doing awful things, especially to people who don't look like him, especially to people who belong to the Samaritan race and who belong to those race of the mixed people who live in, in uh, the peripheral parts of Israel. He's doing awful things. But right in the midst of that, there is a father and a mother. And the father's name is Zechariah. The father's name is Zechariah. And it says here about, about uh, Zechariah, uh, that something that we need to keep in mind. It's a per, it's a, he's a person who does right things in the eyes of God. Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who always seek to live a life of justice. It's a life of rightness. He's a father who was always seeking to do the just thing. He was always seeking to do good by all the people who lived around him. He was always willing to give food to those people who didn't have food on the outskirts of Jerusalem. He was always willing to go to the sick and pray with them and take them, take them to the hospital if needs be. He was always willing to provide medicine. He was always willing to provide them with clothing if they didn't have clothing. That's what the word justice means here. That's what the Greek word diakosune means here. He's a person who sought to do right by others. And that's what Holy Spirit led fathers do. This is something that's very, very crucial. And yet, he, it goes on to say here that, that he has, he, he and his wife, they were childless. They were childless in those days, of course. You know, that wasn't a big deal where fathers will say, oh, my wife is not able to have a child. I'm going to go and find myself another younger woman and get married to her because people used to practice something that's called polygamy. And that's wrong. But people did that at that time. And you would have thought that Zechariah would have done that. But he did not. Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who are faithful to their heavenly father, first of all, and then to their wives. And Zechariah followed his faithfulness to God. 
right in the midst of polytheism. And in our day, in our age, you know, people do other things. There are fathers who are not faithful to their wives. And, and that's wrong. Zechariah is so careful. He is faithful to God. He is faithful to his wife, Elizabeth, even though he knew that they were childless because she wasn't able to bear a child because she was barren, he remained faithful. This was highly unusual during that time. I want you to keep that in mind. But Zechariah was faithful because he knew that he believed in the Father God who was faithful. Thirdly, Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who always acknowledge their deep inadequacies. It's he knew that he was old. He knew his wife was old. He knew that this is a hopeless case. And yet he continued to hope in God. And that's one of the things we have realized during this time of the coronavirus crisis. There's a sense of hopelessness, right? Because people don't know. There's a sense of inadequacy. This is something that's beyond our control. And there's several times that people need to realize that we need to realize and come to the realization that we are inadequate. You know, this is something that, that so many, so many um, uh, fathers are told, role models, don't you ever uh, betray the fact that you are in a state of hopelessness, that you're inadequate. In our society, we are told that we've always got to portray ourselves as men, as macho men. We can do it. We can do it. And, and so you are never supposed to be ever acknowledging that this is beyond your control. But here Zechariah was acknowledging his inadequacy, his inadequacy. Fourthly, Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who pray. Because they acknowledge they're inadequate, they pray. That's what prayer is. The, the Greek word that's used here is an acknowledgement of two things. One is, and I want you to look at what, well, how the text goes on to say here. Uh, there's the angel of the Lord who appeared to him, and it says, uh, the angel of the Lord says to Zechariah in chapter 1 and verse 12, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Do not be afraid. I mean, it's a, a good father is one who is willing to acknowledge that he is afraid. You know, we as fathers have been told that, you know, don't, don't you ever let your children see that you are afraid. Something will happen. That whole image of that, that big father, macho guy will go down. I remember I used to uh, uh, coach um, AYSO teams. These are soccer teams of little kids. My, my son was seven years old and eight years old and nine years old and 10 years old and, and so on all the way till high school. I, I coached the AYSO soccer teams. And I remember uh, little kids at 10 years old will fall down and, and they'll, they'll, they'll scrap their knees. And as they scrap their knees, uh, they'll start crying. And all these macho men fathers will come and they'll pick up their sons and say, why are you crying, you useless kid? I'm not training you to be a weepy little 
fellow, I'm training you to be a strong, macho man. And I would just gently go to these fathers and say, sir, I am the coach here. You please go stand on the sideline. If the kid wants to cry, let him cry. You know what happens when we go to our boys and we say that you've got to bottle in those, those feelings, you've got to bottle in those hurts, you've got to bottle in all those things that are causing you harm. We, 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 we let them go into a state of just bottling it in and bottling it in, bottling it in, and sooner or later, it's going to just explode. That is what we have done in our society. But God says here, you want to be a Holy Spirit-led father? That's okay for your kids to see that you are scared, that you can weep, that you can weep. I remember taking, we, 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 we went uh, with, with close family friends of ours, the father's African-American, the mother is white. We went to Chicago. And, and we, were, we went there to, to watch a concert. And, and my friend's sons, who are, you know, um, biracial, uh, they were wearing hats. I think it was Cubs hats, but they were wearing it in a certain way. And, and my, I saw the look of scaredness on my friend's face. And he went to his son and he said, son, I'm scared. Will you please put your hat on this way? and not the other way, and not this way. And I saw the look of fear on my friend's face, my African-American friend. He was scared, and he let his son know about that. That's the scaredness of an African-American father that others don't need even to think about. He was scared. He was scared, but he also prayed. The word for prayer here is so powerful because it, 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 it's, it's this sense of complete and total dependency on God the Father. You know, we've been told in Western society, you want to be a father, get a macho thing on, put on your, pull up your bootstraps and go and work because you're a man and you've got to be working and you've got to provide for your family and all that stuff. This is a state of being where a father is told, acknowledge your complete dependency on God. That is what prayer means. Prayer is not going before God with a grocery list of items and then doing it ourselves and pretending that God answered our prayers. No, prayer is going before God with complete dependence on him. Complete and total dependence. That is what Zechariah did. And God says to him, your prayer. Notice, this is a singular uh, 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 pronoun that's used there. Zechariah, your prayer, your acknowledgement of inadequacy has been answered. And so this narrative goes on. Holy Spirit-led fathers are not scared to be afraid. Not afraid to be afraid, if you will. That's okay. That's okay. If you are afraid, that's perfectly all right. 
Sixthly, Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who, who see everything happen by God's grace. Remember what was the word given to, to Zechariah? You shall call his name the grace of God. So that you always remember that it's by God's grace that you are going to disciple this kiddo. It's by God's grace that this kiddo is going to be a man of God. It's not what you do. It is what God does. It's by God's grace and God's grace alone. And believe me, I'm a father of four kids. And when people come and ask me, how did you do this? I would just throw my hands and say, it's all God's grace. And all fathers should be able to say that. Not to give ourselves a pat on our back and say, look what I did. It's by God's grace and God's grace alone. Remember Zechariah, your name means remember that God is faithful and that faithfulness will result in God's grace and mercy. Seventhly, Holy Spirit-led fathers are people who have dreams and visions for their children. Look at the dreams and visions that Zechariah had, that he would be a joy and delight to his parents. Don't we all want that? That our kids will grow from 10 to 15 to 16 to college age 18 and to 21 and to 32 and there would be always a joy and delight. Sadly, there are some kids who are not a joy and delight, but that's what he prayed. Seek to be accepted in the sight of the Lord. That is the most important thing that we need to teach our children. Not what human beings will say about them, because human pleasers will always be dilly-dallying and going about doing this and that because they want to please their bosses, want to please someone else, but only those people who want to please the Lord will do the right thing. Seek to be accepted in the Lord's sight, in the Lord's sight alone. And then not to be a drunk with other spirits, but to be full of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what we've got to train our kids to be. You know, we, I watch these shows called Roseanne and all these shows where, of course, the model before the kids is drinking this and drinking that and, and doing this and doing that. And that's okay to do that kind of a thing. No, here it says, he will not be drunk with other spirits and wine and hard liquor and other forms of other things and cool dads in our day and age think that it's okay to do those kinds of things before our kids and enable our kids to do those kinds of things. That is not right. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and then you will be a person who will turn people to God the Father. And then finally, Holy Spirit-led fathers are those who are always filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's so powerful. I would let you read that by yourselves in Luke chapter 1 and verse 67, where as father, the father Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit. He prophesies and he says, and you, my child, verse 76 will be called a prophet of the Most High, 
for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Fathers, would you put your hands on your children now and pray this prayer? Pray along with me. This prayer for your kids. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. That's so powerful, the Greek word. You know what is the Greek word there? It's leos. It is like this tender mercy like your mother from your mother's womb, from your mother's inner being will flow out of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. May this be your prayer, fathers, for your kids. And very quickly, I'm going to go to the two other scenarios here. And I'm not going to go into details, but I want to give you seven principles from Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. You remember the story, right? Which is called the story of the prodigal son. I do not think it should be called the story of prodigal son. It should be called the story of the prodigal father. Because notice, here are the seven things. A holy, number one, a Holy Spirit-led father is that father who never gets disappointed and gives up even when his child wishes him death. Because look at what the son does. He comes to his father and he says, Father, father, give me my share of the estate. That's what it means. The only time the estate of the father is given to the child is when the child wishes his father dead. And you think that would have completely undone and demoralized and decimated the father. He does not go in that direction. He does not get disappointed. He does not get decimated because he knows that there is a father above who is in control. And that's okay. A Holy Spirit-led father is one, secondly, who lets his kids learn from their own mistakes. He doesn't stop him. You know, we have been told that we need to stop our kids from doing this and doing that and the other. No, we've got to let our kids learn from their own mistakes. So what does the son go? He do. He goes into this distant country. He goes and lives with Gentiles. And he goes and spends his money in wild living. And then he gets enslaved. And then he is feeding wild pigs. A Jewish kid feeding wild pigs? That's unheard of. He don't go near pigs. But he has become a pig. That's okay, fathers. As a, the fathers of adult kids, it's okay to let your kids learn from their own mistakes because those will be well, lessons well learned. That is when the son returns. And the good father 
the Holy Spirit-led father enables the child to learn the virtue of true repentance. Because we don't let our kids learn from their own mistakes, our kids don't know the value of complete and total repentance. No wonder we have so many Christians who are so uh, wishy-washy in their Christianity because we have not known the value of true repentance. This kid, he returns back and he says, I'm going to go to my father and I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants, like one of your slaves. And so he goes. And so he goes. But look at the father. Do you think the father has slept all this time? Do you think the father has said, Ah, I washed my heads or hands off that kid. Good riddance. I bet you this father has been praying and he's been looking out for his son. He's been going to that hill every day and praying and looking into the distance because he knew his son went in that direction. And he looked and he looked and he looked and he looked and he would come back home disappointed so many times because that's what fathers do. But this one day he saw this kiddo in a direction and he, and he knew the walk of the child. I mean, he's seen him walk when he was two years old, when he was one and a half years old. He knows the walk. He knows the, the, the sight of his son and he sees him all disheveled and is horrible. That looks my son. That looks like my son. You know what does a father do? He picks up his kaftan, his robe, and, and he was probably, uh, he, he, he wouldn't have been running, you know, he, he was probably sitting all the time waiting for his son. He wasn't a runner, he wasn't a marathoner, but now he runs, he runs, he runs, he runs, because there's a son, there's a son, there's a son, there's a son. This would have been quite a sight. It would have been so hilarious. If there was a video camera at that time, my goodness, people would have been rolling in laughter. Look at that fat man running. Look at that fat man running. He goes and he throws himself into the arms of his sons and he kisses them and he kisses them and kisses them. A father at that time never did those kinds of things. My goodness, my father never did those kinds of things. Asian fathers never do those kinds of things. Middle Eastern fathers never do those kinds of things. This is so hilarious, but this is God, the prodigal God, who showers his son with so much love and generosity. And then he treats him like a king and, and he slaughters the fatted calf. And he says, we're going to have a party. We're going to have the biggest party ever. That is God the Father. And that should be the model for all fathers. But there's a brother, right? There's a brother who's really angry. And fathers have to deal with 
jealousy within families, brothers, sisters. Look at what he does. He goes to the other kid and he says, kiddo, I know. I know you've been with me. I know you've been with me, but I want you to forgive. Go and hug your brother. Reconcile yourself to your brother. And that's what fathers do. Fathers forgive. Fathers initiate forgiveness and reconciliation within the families. I want us to now go into, in closing, the prayer that Jesus taught of our Father, our Father. And that is in Luke chapter 11. Jesus is praying, Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. And there's all these people who come to him, his disciples, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. pray. And he says to them, this is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. Our Father, our Father. You know, that's the first principle, to come to realize that God is our Father. Of all races, of all class categories, no matter what color you are, you may be, you, you may be um, brown, you may be white, you may be black, whatever race you are, God is our Father. God is our Father, and we need to recognize that. Secondly, His name is holy. He is just. And because he is just, he expects his children also to be just and to care for others. Thirdly, it is his kingdom that is most important. He is, he is, a, is a righteous king. He is the father king. He, oh, the whole world is full of his children. And we've got to pray that God's kingdom would come. That is what a good father does, is recognize that God alone is father and he is our father. He's not my father. He's not the father of my church. This is not my kingdom. This is God's kingdom. And I am not here to build churches. I am not here to build mega churches. I am here to be a part of God the Father's kingdom and rule because he reigns and then it is a father who gives david kim talked about that right and he gives us this day our daily bread i just have to be content and that's what we need to teach our children just be content god is our father he will give us this day our daily bread. I don't need to hoard millions and millions of dollars stashed in bank accounts. I need to depend on my father 
because he gives us this day our daily bread. And if there's more, I don't hold on to it tightly. I give to others who may not have their daily bread. I share with them because God is my Father. Fifthly, he forgives us our sins. And so we ought to forgive others their sins. He is our Father. He forgives. And so he expects his children to forgive and to forgive and to forgive and to forgive. And then he is a God as a Father who will be there with us in our tests and in our trials. So the prayer is, Father, lead us not into temptation, but even if there's trials, just like you were there with Abraham, just like you were there with the Son of God, Jesus our Lord, in the wilderness, who was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, the Father was there, and he overcame those awful temptations that Satan brought before him. He's a Father who keeps us from evil. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our Father is the one who reigns. He's a righteous king. He's a holy king. And he gives generously of the Holy Spirit, not with a tight fist, it goes on to say, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him that you might be a good Father, a Holy Spirit-filled Father. So the Zechariah model of fatherhood, the prodigal father model of fatherhood, and the our father prayer model of fatherhood. Fathers, men, boys, may you be those kind of fathers in your day. Today, tomorrow, or way into the future. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, we thank you so much for these three models of fatherhood. What amazing models, O oh Lord. Right in this time when there is so much tension, so much angst, we can look to you and call you our Father. So our Father, hear our prayer. 
and heal all the divisions among your children, racial divisions, divisions of caste and color and whatever it be, oh Lord, just dissolve all these differences that we may know that you're our father. And then, oh Lord, I pray for the boys and for the sons and, and, for, uh, and for those who are going to be fathers, for those who are fathers of little kids, those that will be fathers of older children. Oh Lord, help us to be like you. Oh, prodigal father who showers on us, recklessly gives us of your grace, bounteously forgives us, Enable us to be, oh Lord, like you, oh Father, prodigal Father, bless us. So boys and fathers, young fathers, older fathers, as you continue to be fathers, as you continue to aspire to be fathers, May you be like God, the Father. May he bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face, his beautiful face, shine upon you. His face of prodigalness, his face of abundance and forgiveness. May that shine upon you. May he be gracious to you that you may know that he alone is bounteous in grace and fatherhood is a thing of grace and bringing up children is a thing of grace, just like John, just like Yohanan. May you know that and may you know his peace. May your children experience peace that transcends all understanding on this the father's day of 2020 and in the years to come and forever and ever amen